Sometimes play begins when he preaches with a joke. I thought, well, maybe I should try that. But I'm not sure this is a joke. This might be a question for you to ponder and then think about it, particularly after you hear the message this morning. But do you know the difference between a pig and a sheep? When a sheep falls into a mud hole, it bleats and bleats until the good shepherd comes to rescue it. But when a pig falls, when a pig falls into a mud hole, it just wallows and stays there. That's it. It's 
sheep blend right in to this rocky boulder type background. In fact, you've got to look hard in order to see them in the midst of all these stones. So they are always there in rain or sunshine, by night or by day, shepherds with weather-worn skin and weather-worn clothes, holding eight-foot-long staffs that have a curve on the end of it. And that curve on the end of it is kind of like uh, I had when I was a lifeguard in a swimming pool. If someone's drowning, if a sheep falls in the water, even though there's not a lot of water going on there, you can rescue it with that staff on the end. Or if, if a sheep falls over a cliff, you use that hook on the end to get a hold of it and to pull it back. The shepherds also have a club that's known as a rod. And it's basically a club in order to defend the sheep from wild animals that might attack them. But the shepherds love their sheep. They know them individually. They know them by name. And when the sheep begin to wander astray, which is easy to do because if the sheep are eating a tuft of grass here, and there's not a lot of grass here, they wander to the next tuft they see, and then to the next one, before long they've wandered off from the rest of the flock. But when they wander astray, the shepherd will go get them and quickly bring them back. When they get into trouble, the shepherd will rescue them. During the day, the sheep will come up to the shepherd one at a time for rubbing, for petting, for loving. And at night, the shepherd will lead his sheep into an enclosed area known as a, a sheepfold, which quite often is a cave or an indented place in the hillside and amidst the rocks, where they will be safe for the night. And the shepherd will even lie down across the entrance to that sheepfold and will sleep there all night long so that if any wild animals come to threaten the sheep or if any of the sheep start to wander out in the middle of the night, they will have to cross his body first. So such is the real picture of the shepherd and his sheep, not in beautiful green grassy meadows, but on dusty rocky hillsides, which makes it even more challenging for the shepherd to take care of the sheep. Now in John's Gospel, chapter 10, we're told how the shepherd and the sheep know each other so well because they spend so much time together day and night. He says the sheep know his voice, and they follow him when he calls. Now, if you call the Lord your shepherd, and I'm going to assume that you do because you're here this morning, would you say that you know each other so well because you spend so much time together that you clearly know God's voice when he speaks? Do you recognize God's voice well enough that you don't let it be confused with the myriad of other voices that are constantly trying to speak to you every day and get your attention. Of course, God speaks to us best through the Bible. Do you read it enough that you're familiar with what he has to say so that you will recognize God's message when you hear it? The 23rd Psalm is even more specific about how the Lord as our shepherd takes care of our needs. It says, for example, he makes me lie down in green pastures. What does that got to do with sheep? What does it have to do with us? 
it said that a shepherd will start his sheep grazing as early as four o'clock in the morning. And like I said, the sheep wander constantly as they graze. They're never standing still. By 10 o'clock in the morning, especially in the Holy Land, the sun is beaming down and the sheep are hot, tired, and thirsty. But the wise shepherd knows that sheep should not drink when it is so hot and when their stomachs are full of undigested grass. So the shepherd makes them lie down and rest and chew their cud and digest their grass before he leads them to water. And so it is with us. The Lord knows that you and I need regular times to rest and renew ourselves. We can't keep going at the hectic pace most of us travel, or else we're going to crash and burn. And you know that if you've experienced that crash and burn. But that's why we are told that we need at least one day each week, we call it a Sabbath, that we are to rest and renew ourselves. But the problem is, we don't do it. We think we're superhumans who never need to slow down until we pay the price. Listen to the following poem, which is a prayer, and see if you can identify with it. Slow me down, Lord. Ease the poundings of my heart by the quieting of my mind. Steady my hurried pace with the vision of the eternal reach of time. Give me amid the confusion of the day the calmness of the everlasting hills. Break the tensions of my nerves and muscles with the soothing music of the singing streams that live in my memory. Teach me the art of taking minute vacations, of slowing down to look at a flower, to chat with a friend, to pet a dog, to smile at a child, to read a few lines from a good book. Slow me down, Lord, and inspire me to send my roots deep into the soil of life's enduring values, that I may grow toward the stars of my greater destiny. Remind me each day that the race is not always to the swift and that there is more to life than increasing its speed. You ever wonder what it means in the 23rd Psalm when it says that the Good Shepherd anoints my head with oil? The sheep are animals that can easily get hurt. There are sharp thorns that can often scratch or cut their ears or noses. There are wild animals that can attack them. There are even flies that annoy them, especially in summer, and lay their eggs on the sheep, and then the larvae just drive the sheep wild. Every night, as the shepherd brings his sheep into the sheepfold, he would stand at the entrance and examine each sheep individually, looking for cuts, bruises, scratches, and bites. And then he would pour oil in the wounds to make sure that they would heal. To me, that's a metaphor for the way the Lord will heal our wounds and 
and our bruises, our cuts, our scrapes, even our brokenness in life, if we'll only let him. That's why we have so many recovery ministries here at Woodmont and a center for healing and spirituality. We want to heal broken people. My favorite verse in chapter 10 of John is verse 10, where the Good Shepherd says, I have come that you might have life and have it abundantly. Or some translations say that you might have life in all its fullness. There is a very big difference between merely existing in this world and living life to the fullest. Too many people settle for merely existing and then the strange thing is they think they're living life to the fullest. But Jesus Christ, our Good Shepherd, wants His sheep to have a most wonderful, full and complete life as is possible. And I think this also relates to what the 23rd Psalm says when it says, The Good Shepherd prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies, and my cup overflows. To understand that bounteous table in the presence of your enemies, I think you need to begin by first asking, Who or what are your enemies? And an enemy is anything or anyone that keeps you from fullness of life, that keeps you from the abundant life that Christ wants for you. And we all have enemies of different types. Some have physical enemies, sickness or physical injuries that keep you from fullness of life. We also have emotional enemies that keep us from living fully, worry, fear, anxiety, depression, despair, loneliness, feeling empty inside. Whatever your enemy might be, the Good Shepherd offers what it takes to heal and to overcome. And that Good Shepherd Jesus, when he left this world, also created the church, which means the followers of Jesus, which means you and me, means Woodmont Christian Church. And we call ourselves the body of Christ because we now have the responsibility of carrying out, continuing that mission and ministry of Christ in this world. A ministry of help and hope and healing for people who are not knowing fullness of life. Reaching out to the community in which we exist and to the world around us that needs that help, hope, and healing so much. And so, for example, if your enemy is loneliness, and studies show that loneliness is the number one cause of death in our society today, then God will provide you a table that is full of friends who will truly care about you. And how much I am grateful because of you and the way that you live your lives here one month, that when new people come and become a part of our church, the thing that I hear the most is, never been in a church where people care about each other so much. And it's so true. And it's so wonderful. But that's what we're called to be and to do. To take care of one another. So no matter what your problem or your pain might be in life, I have never 
seen one that couldn't be overcome. If people would just be patient and trust in God's working, especially working through people who care and doing your part in order to, to overcome whatever the trouble might be. Now, God's not going to do it for you, but God will do it with you. Because of this, the psalmist goes on to say, my cup overflows. Again, I didn't fully realize what this means until I went to the Holy Lands. In the temple area in Jerusalem, outside where the temple used to be, there are these huge stone structures, 10, 15 feet tall, that look like giant coffee cups. And I asked a guy, I said, what are those things? And he said those structures were built to collect rainwater during the few months when it rained each year so that the people would have enough water to get through the dry time of the year. And so if those structures were filled to overflowing by the rainwater, the people knew that they had enough water to get through the dry part of the year. And so the psalmist says, my cup overflows. But I think that phrase is also in reference to all of God's overflowing blessings in your life and mine, besides just water. We have so many, many blessings. But you know, too many people are so focused on what's wrong in the world today that they can't see what's right. Focused on wanting more that they can't really appreciate what they already have. So Jesus says, I am your good shepherd. But we won't know the shepherd unless we spend time with him. We won't know his voice unless we listen. We won't benefit from still waters and green pastures unless we follow him. We won't find the abundant life unless we know the shepherd, listen to his voice, and do what he says. And we will not face death without fear unless we are truly aware of the fact that our shepherd is with us. Do you have time?